Hey, Craig. The football team's in Lewiston, where it's hot as balls, and there's not much to do but hang out by the pool. Belly flops all day. <laughs> so our, our listeners obviously won't know this, but this is our second take on this because we had a little technical issues. But I got to admit, um, hot as balls made me laugh genuinely even the second time. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say it was 100 degrees, but I was like, hot as balls is better. Yeah. No, hot as balls is definitely better. Yeah. Especially that's... after Mike Leach talking about his affinity for cargo shorts. Did you see that, by the way? Yeah. Let's, oh my God. We'll get into that for yeah, sure. We'll t- we'll, yeah, that's right. That's on our show list. I see that now. Yeah. It's a good thing I'm paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, um, I'll just say, um, listeners, you have been spared uh, four to five minutes of Garth Brooks talk because uh, I don't feel like <laughs> yeah. doing that again. So No? So. You don't want me to tell my Garth Brooks story where, where I was at the concert and watching Frankie Louvu pick off the interception that sealed the game against Stanford? What? I feel like that's You don't want to hear that again? What you did is just as good. Okay, and we, and we can say, my and then just see, to I, summarize, I, my mom met Garth Brooks like in 1992, and he grabbed her ass. So you've you've been caught up. <laughs> You're totally caught up now. <laughs> and you, this is podcast versus everyone. Yes, it is. I'm Craig Powers. With me for a second time today, but this is the first time you've heard it. Yeah. Jeff Newser. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, Craig. For the second time, I'd love to hear about your day and how how fun it was. I'm tired as hell, man. I've been painting all day and my back is killing me. So now I'm into my second beer and I'm going to be honest, I'm a little tired. Well, fine. <laughs> I'm trying to like, like all this like all this like conversation, flowing conversation you had before. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to cut to the chase this time. You know, no more, whatever. Not. Yeah. Anyway. Tell, let me just, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to say that, uh, I'm gonna. You're you're drinking a beer from Matchless, aren't you? I am drinking. How did you know? I, I don't know. I That's just, amazing. Good job. I, I've trained. Well, I trained you in the ways of beer. So that is true. I just I know. Yeah. So okay. So I'm having a Matchless beer. I'm having a Blackberry Gates, which is a sour ale with blackberries. Um, the description says, for starters, we weren't expecting blackberries last fruit season. This beer is a blend of year-old sour red ale and over two pounds per gallon of fresh blackberries from our friends at Munoz Berry Farm. Jammy but balanced by a soft acidity, Blackberry Gates is fruity but doesn't overwhelm the underlying beer, which I can agree with that. Uh, not as blackberry as I was expecting, um, definitely sour. You can definitely taste the the sort of sour red ale piece to it. But uh, um, like I said, the blackberries are kind of more um, more of an accent than a feature, um, and so it's uh, it's good. I would have actually preferred a little more blackberry. That's not like a criticism of the beer. That's just kind of what I was in the mood for with something with a little more blackberry. But that's all right. Well, eat it's still a, a good beer. Eat a damn blackberry, then, man. That, that Don't drink true, a beer. I, eat a blackberry. I, I've got black. I've got wild, invasive blackberry bushes growing in my backyard. That's so just can, that's because go get some. That's because long ago, some guy decided that blackberries grow really well over here, and he should just start planting them, and there'll be f- free food for everyone everywhere. 
asshole. And and now we all battle blackberries everywhere we go. It doesn't matter where you live in Washington State. You're battling blackberries. I know. I don't even battle with them for the most part. I'm just like whatever. They they grow in a part of my of our property that's not really maintained. So it's just like whatever. But anyway. But yeah, you can't so, even do anything with them. You can't make pies with them. You they're can like eat not, them. They're not the. You can eat them kind like you can, but it's like, like you can't like, you know, like I love a good blackberry pie. Yeah, you, you know, seeds and you can't. These aren't like oh like, those ones. Yeah, you can't bake with them. You know. Yeah, so. they're not like the yeah. No. Anyway, so it's an, an interesting note that uh, you pointed out in the beer that you didn't the first time we did this is that I know. It, it has a red ale base, like a red sour base. Yes. Um, so that's uh, it's interesting because I. I, that I, I'm sure I've seen that beer and I pass on and because I typically pass on red sour bases and dark sour bases because um, I, t- I tend to find them a little more uh, vinegary mm-hmm. um, and I don't really like that in my sours as much um, you know like it's more like the Flanders red style yes it's not really not really my favorite definitely not on, on my top styles of yeah beer. Um, and I do I do like a, a Flanders red I think I had a, a really good one from uh, Freem brewery yeah brewers. um i liked theirs it was good and so yeah that that was when i first started um drinking it i couldn't really put my finger on on that flavor and then i was just kind of like okay well it's kind of weird and when i poured it also it's very dark yeah um it, it looks more uh, i'm trying to think of a good way to it almost looks kind of cola colored if 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 that makes sense like it almost looks like a coke yeah kind of color um yeah, so like I said, the the blueberry or the blackberry, excuse me, are, are just you know kind of more of an accent. They get um, just a little bit of a of a flavor hint to the um, to the to the red ale underneath. Yep, Matchless, good brewery. Yeah, down there in Tumwater. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, they uh, they I we, they have two head brewers. Uh, one guy came from Three Magnets, and he 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 would have made the beer that you're drinking now. That's Pat. And um, the the other brewer, Aaron, brews a lot of the stuff you get in cans, uh, the IPAs and and uh, stuff. And he came down from Chainline, so they have a they have a really good lineup there, and their beer shows it definitely. Yeah, quality I've got beverages. a couple more. Got a couple more uh, bottles from them sitting in the fridge that I picked up while I was down there. So very good. Um, so I uh, part of the reason I was singing country music today is because I was back home in. Yakima this past weekend, um, visiting family, show, you know, showing off the bee. Always got to, you know, give, give the grandparents time with bee. Um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, it was uh, other things I do when I go back to Yakima is, you know, drink beer. Uh, but, and there's actually quite a few breweries in Yakima now. And so, um, uh, I went to, wandering hot brewing with my dad uh we had some beers and i picked up a crawler of not of this world um it's a hazy ipa brewed with galaxy um usually when a brewer brewers like to uh put uh galaxy in their beers they like to give it this sort of space name um interesting sidebar about that um jeff of course you're familiar with space dust I am. So that is Elysian's now flagship beer, but it used to be this kind of one uh, once a year kind of seasonal, uh, kind of hard to find beer before they were bought by Anheuser-Busch and Bev. Um, 
So the reason Space Dust has its name is because the original recipe had Galaxy Hops in it. Uh, but Galaxy Hops are definitely an expensive hop. They're from Australia. They're, they're not easy to get. Um, not as easy to get in large quantities. So uh, guess what AB InBev did? They said everyone likes this brand. So, but, so we want to have the brand. So they basically changed the recipe to take out the galaxy hops. And so the namesake for space dust is no longer actually in the beer, um, which is, uh, pretty funny. Um, so uh, if you love space dust, I'm sorry to tell you, you are not drinking the original one and most likely you're drinking it old, uh, <laughs> whenever you find it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so this is a Galaxy IPA Hazy. Um, Galaxy gives you these pineapple mango notes. Very good stuff. Um, uh, I, this is well done. Uh, it's got light, you know, the lightness, light light bitterness on the back end. Very good aromatics. So it's definitely, you know, right up there. Um, Wandering Hops been, uh, you know, they, they, have a, they started out with just a half barrel system. Now they have a three and a half barrel system. So they're actually more of a... Uh, like a brewer that can brew some beer to be sent out and stuff now. So one of uh, a few breweries that are coming up in Yakima that are, are, are nice to pay attention to. Um, I'll have another one next week. I got a couple crawlers when I was out there. Um, they're definitely into the hazy IPAs, so it'll be another hazy next week. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, wandering hop. If you're ever in Yakima, check them out. They're on 20th street and, uh, yeah, uh, go Yakima. Next time, I just happen to be driving through Yakima. Hey, people do that. I know people who though. Like, like if is, you're going to Tri Cities, from I was going to say, Seattle, what is Yakima on the way to? Tri Cities, I guess. Or maybe That's you're true. going to Yakima. Maybe you're going to get a Miner's Burger. That, that is true. You drive to Yakima just. Maybe to you're going to go wine tasting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which we All right. which we did some wine tasting on Saturday. Ooh. Yeah. You are highfalutin. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but B didn't taste any wine. Uh, B was back home with her grandma. Ooh, she was with her grandma, and the uh, the rest of the group partook in the wine. Expert parent move, right there. Yes, of course. And then we also had gr- that B's grandpa was with us, and he was a designated driver. So, <laughs> boy. And if you go to work in the system, right there. If you go to Porteous. Wine, which Porteous Winery in uh, in Zilla, they have very good wines. Um, definitely one of my favorite ones in Yakima Valley. Um, and they have about twenty different wines that you can taste, and they'll just keep pouring them until you want. And they'll give you if you want to try the wines again because you've because you've tried twenty wines and you forgot which ones you like. Yeah, you can just have them, and that's where we really <laughs> that's where we really um, got that one. Yeah, like uh, I can't remember if I like that one. Will you pour that one for me again? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Definitely. Oh, and then they also they also had a port <laughs> a port to try. So you know, you you end your tasting with a, a nice uh, port, and then you're uh, then I handed the keys over to uh, Amanda's dad, and 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 we went on to the next one. Well done, sir. Well done. But yeah, so um, I, I think we. Uh, Actually, with I, I thought we were getting through this segment quick, quicker this time, but I, I think I dragged on about wine a bit there, and now, now we're now we're uh, we're back to the regular time. But um, yeah, Jeff. So it is fall camp, and it is it has been going. What are we on day four? Day five. Day five. Now. Day five. Oh, 
got practice reports from Theo. We got just right. so much stuff to, to dig into. Um, well, let's get through the boring football stuff before we talk about the fun stuff. But um, so far, um, I mean, a lot of the storylines are, are pretty similar to uh, what we heard out of uh, spring camp, to be honest. Um, you hear about Cassidy Woods and the inside. Um, you, you, uh, we even heard some, uh, some, some, some rumblings about Clay Markoff, who, uh, Uh-oh. who, who, Uh-oh. who may, who <laughs> may or may not be getting more carries than you think. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm panicking a little bit. Yeah. Should, wait. Okay. So we should probably tell people. Yeah. That, because that was a comment section. I'm sure I, most people there are probably a lot of people who have no idea what we're talking about right now. So uh, Clay Markoff's mom or brother or uncle or best friend from high school or something was in the Kook Center comments saying that we were we were underselling. It was a story I wrote about the running back situation. Uh, we were underselling Clay. We were overlooking Clay Markoff. Uh, to which I said, that's silly. <laughs> and I was like, I set the over under of Clay Markoff carries this year at three and a half. And the reason why I set it so low was because my assumption was that he would be, you know, at, at very best, the third running back. Um, and I figured more likely like the fourth or fifth running back. And so, um, over the last few years, there's been actually the last two years, really the last two years. Uh, it's basically been two guys at the top and that's it. And, and very few carries for the, for the rest of the team. Um, really just, you know, last year it was James Williams and Max Borgie. The year before that, it was James Williams and Jamal Morrow. Um, and so he really has last couple of years chosen to go with two guys at the top and, and really nothing from the third guy. Um, most people I think remember Keith Harrington really didn't get very many touches. So my thought was, okay, so if Clay Markoff is, you know, maybe the fourth guy, he's, he might get a couple carries, you know, in mop up duty over the course of the year. Well, low and behold now we're and then there was a little wager involved i don't remember what i i said i'll, I'll have to go back and pay it off if i don't yeah you don't have I'm to eat another back. shoe do you yeah i don't have i don't have to eat a shoe yeah so long time kook center readers will remember i had to eat actually eat a shoe over uh, a basketball transfer who was not on scholarship uh but yeah i you know a little bit surprising definitely that clay markoff is is sort of running uh, with the, in the top two right now with, with Max Borgie, I will say that I will stick to my guns and say, I don't think it stays that way. Right. Um, I think, you know, Dion McIntosh, obviously, as he learns the offense and gets comfortable, I think he'll, I think he'll pass, pass Markov, but still, you know, good for that guy, right? Good for Markov that he's, you know, kind of hanging out up there and, and certainly doing enough that, um, that he's able to get some reps, uh, in that first and second team area. Um, Another, yeah, definitely. Um, the running back spot will be be interesting to see if. Uh, I, I think, yeah, we'll see McIntosh and obviously uh, Max get most of the carries and McIntosh get yeah. the next carries. Well, and I'll even say this: I saw a video yesterday with a couple of runs from McIntosh in it, and he looked very good. <laughs> like he he made some moves. He had he did have one, you know, sort of touchdown. He had a touchdown run from five yards out, uh, which was good. But he had another one where he just sort of like ran off the right. Is like a like a right. Uh, run to the right and uh, made the first guy miss with a little kind of jump cut thing. And yeah, he looked really good. So I, I think, you know, I, I still believe he'll be the the second guy when all is said and done. But like I said, Clay Markov, I'm not, not trying to bag on the guy. Good for him, man. Yeah. 
Um, another interesting spot, the uh, uh, the strong safety position. Um, so uh, Theo noted that Daniel Isom has been uh, back there at number one recently. Um, he's been making plays and practice, which whatever that means, um, strips and pass breakups and interceptions and, and such. Uh, I mean, I, I think, uh, definitely, uh, strips or something that the defense like has valued. Uh, you can kind of see the way they attack the ball, but, um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see maybe, maybe Isom's the guy back there. Um, um, and they, they were saying it was Isom and Beekman in the back. Um, so we might have a whole new, um, lineup back there. And obviously we know that, uh, it, it's very apparent now that Skylar Thomas is, um, d- is there at the nickel, nickel corner position. He, it, he has not seen, he's been there in the spring and he's there in the, f- even after, uh, Jalen Thompson left, he's still, he's still down there. So it looks like he's going to be there. So it's going to be, uh, these new guys that are coming into, uh, uh, to take over and save at, at the safety positions. It's always a really good sign when Mike Leach uh, says good things about you. <laughs> Cause he, you know, like a lot of times he'll be like, well, you know, he's, yeah, he had a good day. You know, we just need a little more consistency and all that stuff. Uh, he was pretty effusive in his praise of Isom. Right. Who uh, spent the spring playing corner. Um, and I think, you know, maybe they envision him, him playing there initially, but I, I also think that if, you know, Tracy Clays has his druthers, what well, I, I think we saw from recruiting that, um, that he prefers, you know, longer, bigger guys who can man up on the outside. Uh, Isom is not that guy. Isom's like 5'10", 5'11", something like that. Um, a little smaller athletic, but, but a little smaller. Um, so I think the, you know, it, it, they can get a, maybe feel like they can get away a little more with a, with a safety who's a little undersized, which, you know, might seem sort of uh, odd to some people, but, um, you know, Earl Thomas isn't that big of a guy, not that Daniel Isom is Earl Thomas, but I think you catch, catch a drift. Right, you right. can, you know, if you're rangy, um, and you're good at playing the ball, um, you can get away with maybe being a little bit smaller at the safety position. And so, um, I think the idea there is that, you know, yeah, they like Thomas at, at nickel. They like Beekman, uh, at that free safety spot, you know, that's where they had him all spring. He ran with the ones next to Jalen Thompson all spring. Uh, Isom was running with the ones all spring at the at uh, at corner, and then uh, they had that needed safety. So they thought, you know, well, let's try him out at safety. And I think they've been. It's almost like with Leach, you can almost hear a little bit of excitement, uh, feeling good about what Isom can do, his range, um, his tenacity at safety. Um, I, I think I think they feel really good. I'd I'd be. I'd be really surprised if something happened between now and August 31st uh, to change that trio. I, th- I think that I think that's probably pretty well set, unless some sort of injury uh, pops up. Or, or let me let me rephrase: unless somebody in that group is uh, happy and healthy, and then you know maybe there's maybe there's a change. But other than that, I think those three guys are are who they want, and I, I think they're going to stick. Well, speaking of happy and healthy, uh, Jameer Calvin is still not practicing. Oh, I'm not okay with this, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was in a boot in the spring, and he's still in a boot now? Yeah, because you're looking at your uh, your your first team Y is Brandon, yeah. is, in, it, Brandon Arconado and Cassidy Woods. Right. Um, Brandon Arconado, who is is what he is, and, and Cassidy Woods, who has played there all of – you know, 
a few months 17 practices or something at this point <laughs> right yeah so i you know i i, I you know that's uh, uh it definitely like when you have jameer in there like it just it, there's there's nowhere to hide on defense um and 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 it, you're you're getting excited about that because you know at the x you had jackson and martin so it doesn't matter who's in there. Um, Patman and Winston on the other side, again, doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, Trevelle Harris and Renard Bell at H, like, again, like just two talented guys. But then when you look at that, why you're like, okay, that's the one question. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully Jameer is, you know, going to be even happier and healthier by the time the season starts. Uh, but he's obviously uh, still recovering from well, his the thing that the thing that nobody knows because of the way injuries are, are handled in the program is nobody knows if, you know, was he injured and then okay and then injured, injured again, again yeah. right? Or is this like, is he still in a boot like four months later? That would be weird. So, um, I mean, my guess would be that it's, you know, he was injured and then, you know, recovering and then injured again. But, you know, we don't really know, right? And and one of the weird things about this is that why the Y receiver position has always been the safety blanket for the quarterbacks, whether it was, you know, Craycraft or, or, you know, Kyle Sweet or, or Jameer Calvin, right? I mean, you know, like there was always this sort of the safety net a little bit, um, from that position. The, the ball tended to go to Y a lot more than H. H, you know, for the fans that don't really know, H is the inside receiver position to the left. So, so that's again, you know, Renard Bell, Travel Harris. Um, you know, for whatever reason, while Leach has been, been the coach at Wazoo, H has been just utilized by quarterbacks way less than Y. Um, not really sure why that is, but that's that's kind of the way history has gone. So um, it's a little interesting that you know now we you know we talk about how deep this receiver core is, and we feel good about the two deeps at you know Z and X and Y or Z and X and H, um, and then all of a sudden Y is just sort of like you got a former walk on and a converted outside receiver, um, which is definitely strange and, and not, uh, not ideal, but, um, you know, I think that so far, you know, reviews of, of what Cassidy Woods is doing are, are strong. Uh, I feel okay with Arcanado as a, as the backup. Uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, just, you know, to have a, a senior guy in there who's, you know, had all the reps and, right. um, you know, should know what to do. And, and, you know, and a lot of, I mean, to be honest, you know, so much of the air raid is spacing and, and, and just being in the right spot and, you know, creating not necessarily space for yourself always, but space for other players by occupy, occupying the right spot on the field, um, which, you know, can open up space for other players. Uh, you know, Arcanado being in that spot it can be beneficial. So, yeah. Yeah. And, but, uh, Jameer Calvin being in that spot means when he catches the would ball, be he can, when he catches that the ball, be he can do a hell of a lot more damage. No doubt. That. that would be better. Um, yeah, um, just uh, let's look at the defense for a sec. Um, interesting, uh, obviously, uh, kind of one of the positions, middle linebacker, because you're losing Peyton Pallor there. Um, interesting kind of switch uh, that uh, Theo, uh, where we're talking about Theo Lawson of the Spokesman Review, which I'm sure most of you who listen to this know that. Um, I hope so. Um, something that Theo noted was um, 
that uh, Dom Civils was actually playing in, uh, who was a rush linebacker last year, was actually playing in the middle, and Fave Fave has uh, moved out to be a rush linebacker. So um, that's that's interesting. Uh, it's just like a moving part. It seems like, you know, it's like I don't know how it impacts when you have one guy, just two guys just right. switching positions. Right. Um, but uh, Fave Fave had that famous sack against Oregon. But, uh, yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, and he so. was he was consistently in the backfield against Oregon. Um, so I think the idea there is to take advantage of him as as a potential pass rusher. Um, he just seems to kind of have a nose for for creases in the right. offensive line. Um, you know, I seem to remember. I mean, you know, again, I it's always one of those things like we sit there and go, you know, oh yeah, I remember this and that. I mean, maybe my memory is right, but um. You know, I seem to remember him being in the backfield a fair amount uh, throughout the season. So I, I think a uh, good move to kind of maybe put him in a spot where he can he can get after the passer, get on the field maybe a little bit more. Um, and then, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm curious about Civils. Um, you know, maybe that says something about how they feel about the Mike linebacker. Maybe they, uh, you know, don't feel great about, uh, you know, either Sherman or Justice Rogers. I, I tend to think Dylan Sherman's going to be the guy who ends up there. Um, I, I think we all kind of keep waiting for justice Rogers to step up right. and do something, yeah. but, <laughs> but that we've been like waiting for, for like two years for that. And, and maybe it's, maybe it's going to happen. Maybe it's not, I don't know, but uh, moving civils there. I, I mean, it could just be a depth thing, but that tells me that they're maybe looking for something there. Uh, when you take a kid who, you know, is in that, that who's who's had game experience right he's not he's not a a, a, you know like a red shirt freshman who hasn't played yet i mean he's he's a guy who has game experience playing at rush um if you're gonna take a guy like that and and move him around um you know that i don't know that just tells me you're looking for something and maybe you're hoping that you you know maybe hit a little gold with something um i i don't think this is like when uh you know against wreckers when we were moving a running back to safety but uh, <laughs> but uh uh who's that teandre caldwell right wasn't that who uh, that was yeah 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 so you pulled that name out well done but uh yeah yeah pat me on the back uh but civils yeah i mean who knows you know i mean maybe maybe there's a thought there that they want to get a little more athletic um at that middle linebacker spot i mean they tried jihad woods there for a brief time during spring yeah you know they were kind of trying some different stuff and um that that tells me that maybe they you know i I mean and look i'm not i'm not trying to bag on again uh dylan sherman or justice rogers but you know i mean the the fact of the matter is dylan sherman is a former walk-on you know i mean that that says something about perhaps his, his measurables to some degree. And so, um, you know, I, I, I would, I would assume that the Dominic civils probably has maybe a little more, uh, explosive measurables to him, uh, given that again, they were, they were playing him at rush. They were having him rush the passer, those kinds of things. So I don't know, going to be interesting to see if he can, if he can make a dent there. Uh, my guess would be, it's maybe a little bit more of a depth thing, but maybe they're hoping to maybe catch lightning in a bottle with him. Yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. Cause I always looked at him as kind of this like body type of a guy that was just uh, looked like an end, but just wasn't big enough to be an end. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see him in the middle. Uh, so yeah. Um, that, that, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, the, these kind of things happen all the time, but I mean, the, the, the nice thing about the program now is you, you have guys in there that you can move around and it's not so, like if there's something that, uh, you know, that 
that needs to be moved, then maybe you do. So what Leach said about the move for Fave Fave to rush, um, he said to depth, 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 and see if we can get Fave on the field. So um, they might be thinking what you're thinking. He is a guy that was in the backfield a lot when he was on on the field, and they, they just want to be able to, uh, you know, uh, get get him in there. It's interesting well, enough that you were talking about athletes. Uh, Dylan Sherman himself said he's an athlete. He can jump all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah so. <laughs> I, I will say that um, there's a little bit more, more uh, rotation also with, with the defensive line. And so if the idea is to Absolutely. get uh, I on the field more, um, there's definitely going to be more opportunity for that because they're going to be, you know, shuttling guys in and out and in and out. Um, probably a little less so right with the linebackers. So, um, and I will say that, uh, I just looked up really quick. Um, civils is six, three, two thirty. Oh, yeah. Dylan Sherman is six, two, two thirty. Uh, Rogers is sorry, six, two, two thirty. So, in essence, they're all about the same size, assuming that all those heights and weights are uh, are, are accurate, which, you know, they might not be. Yeah. Who knows? So, yeah, um, things are happening. Practice is happening. Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball here because I, I kind of forgot about it, but Booby was at practice. Yeah. Um, How about that? You know, that it, it kind of shows that maybe um, – people who think there are rifts between certain humans that are just on the outside are don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, cause obviously, um, Booby was there with Leach and chatting him up and, um, obviously still feels a connection to the program. He's, he's hit some tough times, uh, being cut by the chiefs, but, um, I, I encourage you to, uh, read the, of all places, bleacher report, article yes um on uh booby uh it's uh it's an excellent piece it's not uh a happy super happy piece no it's not but um it'll it it brings up a lot of um important factors and and some things that maybe you wouldn't think about um in terms in terms (laughs) could you hear that i could definitely hear that (laughs) we had a little kid invasion yeah atticus do you want to say hi hello Hi, Atticus. Seriously, it's really gonna come. Your tooth is very loose. Okay. Or like a little crack where it's gonna pull out of the of the tooth. Okay. Connectors. Okay. Good job. Getting one hundred (laughs) percent. It's a high quality podcast here. Good job, buddy. Way to go. You keep wiggling that thing. The tooth fairy is on her way to the noosers. Yeah, except we always forget. We are the worst. We're like, kids wake up the next morning, the tooth fairy didn't come. And we're like, oh, man, that tooth fairy's a real bitch. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> man, I can't believe she didn't come. What e- What is even going Yeah, anyway, so I don't know. We make, I don't know. Sarah's really good at making up excuses. She does a great job. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. Uh, yeah, so, you know, yeah, read that booby story. Um, yeah. A lot of interesting, you know, talking about um, – uh, sort of a learning disability that he has and how that has kind of impacted the way he uh, yeah. he uh, learns football plays and everything. And, you know, you didn't think about it. You, th- you think like his his playing style, his athleticism, his ability to catch the ball makes him a perfect fit for the Chiefs, but also they have this um, insanely large playbook. And, 
you know, it's, it's a, he said, you know, he, something he mentioned is it's like, it's just, he, what he had in high school and what he had in, in college, you know, obviously Mike Leach's playbook is on a piece of paper. Um, yeah. It's and, notoriously small. Yeah. And then, and then the, a lot of what they do is with hand signals. So, um, but it sounds like he really put in a ton of effort to memorize the playbook, but, um, maybe it was a bit overwhelming and, uh, so it doesn't seem like it's a, an ability thing as much as it was just not a great fit for not as good a fit for him there as we maybe thought. But uh, it seems it seems like he's had some uh, workouts with other teams. So hopefully he'll uh, he'll yeah, land. Hopefully he catches on. Somewhere, hopefully he catches man. on somewhere. Yeah, I mean, as an educator, it, it definitely sort of as I was as I was reading about um, about the learning disability stuff. It just it, you know it just sort of breaks my heart, right? Because you know, you always hate to see, um, you know, a learning disability holding somebody back from what they're actually capable of. Right. It's why we have IEPs, right? So, yeah. so for people who don't know, an IEP is a, which is, they mentioned in, in the story that he yeah. had when he was in high school. So yeah, it's an individualized education plan, and it's it's got two components. It's got uh, well, the two components for for the gen ed teachers, which is uh, accommodations and modifications, right? So accommodations are just what are the things we can do sort of environmentally to help the kid out, right? So it might be something as simple as, you know, have them sit in the front row. It might be something like taking tests in a different environment. It might be having test questions read to them versus having them read them or maybe extra time for the test. I mean, those are all accommodations, right? Modifications are when we say, okay, we need to shorten the assignment. We need to modify the assignment so that, uh, so that they can show us what they know, you know, that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, my guess is, you know, he, he got a lot of accommodations, right? And, and, and Mike, Leach's uh, playbook, as, as we mentioned, is sort of famously small. Um, and then, you know, one other thing, um, you know, I'm going to be working on, uh, I'm working on a story on Mike Leach um, as a teacher and the way that he he teaches things. Um, I had an interview with him last week and, and he kind of went through how he introduces concepts to the players. And he really goes through sort of this step-by-step slow process that really is very similar to how, you know, I, as a teacher, a high school teacher would introduce a concept in English class, you know, so he talks about how like, Hey, you know, so we, we draw it up on the board, you know, how we want them to do it. Right. And then we talk them through and we talk about everybody's responsibilities. And then we show them some, some film of how we expect the play to be run and what we want it to look like. And this is just also, by the way, this is just the basic base part of the play, right? Cause a lot of these plays, almost all these plays have like, you know, almost, you know, an infinite number of tweaks that right. they can make to them with formation or whatever, um, in order to modify them. But the base play, so they start with the base play, they do that. And then they go out to the practice field, they walk it through, you know, then they actually run it, you know? And so it's like, there's like five steps to this thing where like you, at, at every stage, you're able to maybe digest a little bit, ask questions, you know, for them to make sure everybody's got it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the NFL is, is sort of, you know, again, notorious for, uh, these huge, massive playbooks. Right. And you've got to learn, you know, literally hundreds of, of plays. Now, once you've been in it for a while, you start to pick some of that stuff up, but if you're not quite ready for that, 
um, and you don't have, you know, really good strategies for picking it up, uh, then yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have a really tough go of it. And that's the part that sort of broke my heart about what I was reading in that story. I was just like, you know, it's here, you got a guy who's obviously talented enough, you know, to play in the NFL, uh, but he's being held back by the fact that he can't maybe pick up the playbook as quick as, as he should be. And, you know, and who knows if that was everything, you know, obviously that's his story. So who knows if that's, you know, everything there is to the story, but if it is, um, you know, it certainly wouldn't shock me if, if it was, cause you know, I mean, you got to pick up this stuff quickly and if you can't pick it up quickly, then, you know, teams are going to, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to find somebody else who can, because there are a lot of guys, you know, for, for being honest, you know, Booby is not uniquely talented. You know, if you're Marshawn Lynch and you're having a hard time picking up the playbook, they're going to figure out a way to accommodate you. Right. If you're James right. Williams and you're having a hard time picking up the playbook, they'll just be like, well, we have, you know, five other guys pretty much just well, like you yeah, who they can sign. They pointed to it in a story where if your guy coming in an undrafted player, uh, you already, you, you already, your margin for yep. error is extremely small. Already small. Yeah. And so it's, you know, Marshall Lynch was, I'm pretty sure he was a first round draft pick. So it's like, like it, and like, so he, so, uh, yeah, you, if you're coming in first round draft pick versus, uh, versus that, you know, yep. that, uh, that, that would, that undrafted guy. Yeah. Totally different. Yep. But yeah, Jeff, um, I really want to talk about some belly flops and cargo shorts, but I, I think maybe we should uh, sell something first. Yep. Now's a good time for a commercial break. And we're back. Woo. Woo. That was good. Man, I, I'm i already subscribed. Yeah. How, well, how do you know? <laughs> what if it wasn't a podcast ad? I'm subscribed to whatever it is. Whatever it is, I, I want it. I want it. I mean, almost everything's a subscription now. Everything is as a that, service. That is you true. can You can subscribe to your razors. You, you can, can subscribe, subscribe to the subscription. You can subscribe to your food. You can subscribe to that everything. To your clothes, to your razors, your cl- everything. You can go on Amazon and like just sign up for everything to be delivered monthly and you never have yeah. to like you do, you don't have to think about anything really if you don't want to okay so before we get to leech and his belly flops and cargo shirts w- like are you subscribed to anything strange or anything uh, like out of the ordinary no no i i did subscribe to razors once back before i had a large beard and I was like, "Yeah, I'll subscribe to Razors. That sounds like a good deal." It was, it was, uh, by the way, it was Harry's. Yes, and they were good, by the way. Those were good razors. I'm not paid for this. Harry's is not a sponsor of the show. Harry's does sponsor podcasts a lot, though. They so kind of keep that in your keep that we in should, your pocket, man. Don't don't give do that. that away for free. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm just saying, hey, if Dollar Shave Club wants to call up, I, I mean, I'm not saying no. I do I, need to shave I, my neck saw, from time to time. I saw I, it was either Harry's or Dollar Shave Club. I was was driving in Seattle the other day, and 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 this was their billboard. It, it said, "Does this miss mustache make me look gay?" Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wait a second, where is this going?" It's <laughs> <laughs> <just says> good. <laughs> or perfect oh, it says something perfect. like that like yeah it's that's like, awesome i was like I all right that. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah because that could have gone south in a hurry mm-hmm. <laughs> oh mercy all right man all right um, let's, let's talk about someone who doesn't have a mustache yeah i don't think leech would ever grow a mustache yeah but I mean, do you think he subscribes to harry's 
I he seems like a very uh I, I Leech probably has a very particular place that he gets his razors. Uh, and, it, and it could See, I disagree. I disagree. Like I think I think he's a guy who's just like whatever. I don't know. I, I, I feel don't like he'd he have a strong much. opinion on it. I God, I got to ask him about that. Yeah. So you guys are best friends now. Come on. Yeah, that's true. I do have his phone number. Yeah. Just te- <laughs> text him right now. Just we want live right answers now. on the podcast. <laughs> hey, what Mike. razors do you use? <laughs> I got to know. Do are you particular about your razors? I'll bet. Okay, so so if I ever get a chance to ask him this question, Here's my predicted response. It's whatever his wife buys for him. Yeah, that's actually, that's true. That's easy. I bet, I'll bet 100% he'll say, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. Sharon buys something and and I, I, I just use whatever Sharon buys for me. But, I'll but, bet that's what, but we with need, a cough. But, There's got to be a cough in there too. But we do know two things that that he does believe in. And one is that he does not believe in <laughs> polyester shorts. He does not. And believe. two, he he is a big fan of cargo shorts, which we anyone would know from looking at him. That is true. Yes. Um, but let's go back to the polyester shorts. Um, what did he say? He said he doesn't like to wear them because his. Oh dear! I'm looking up the quote right now. His. Well, he was talking about his package, but the way he put it was still <laughs> hilarious. Um, okay, he says, he says uh, I don't understand those. He's talking about uh, the nylon shorts, right? Like like gym shorts or whatever. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't understand those. You jog around and your stuff flaps all over the place. I've never his liked stuff. those. But, okay, so Mike <laughs> apparently also does not wear underwear. Like that's yeah. what I'm gathering from I this. Guess, I like, guess. I well, guess. Have you ever heard of boxer briefs, man? You can you can just wear boxer. <laughs> like, like you can wear underwear while you're wearing those uh, those gym shorts. I mean, so. like all of his players are probably wearing compression shorts constantly underneath everything they're wearing. Yeah. Like, and he probably can get those for free. I don't like. You know, you. you <laughs> Although, I mean, maybe maybe stuff is he's talking about. You know, like your phone. Or your keys. He could be, but uh, it could be. I didn't. I've seen the video. I didn't get that. <laughs> in conti- I, I didn't. I've, but but uh, but yeah. Uh, but if if we are talking about his preferred shorts, that would make sense. Right. Cargo shirts are That's notorious. Right. You put your wallet. You put your wallet down in the cargo pocket. Yeah, and everything. Right. You put so everything down you're just kind of being drugged down. Like around everything's kind of your balance has been shifted down to your your knees. It helps you, you know, stay low when you're They're walking. Extremely about. practical. Mike Leach is nothing if not a practical man. Oh, so I haven't worn cargo pants since I was probably in high school because I think they had already maybe in college. I yeah, that probably in college. Right. But I just remember if there was something in those car in the if you actually. So I would usually still keep keep stuff in the normal pockets because if you put something in that cargo pocket you're digging it's like a it's like a woman's purse that is true you're just like digging around like ah shit where did that go i know i put it in there (laughs) oh there's a there's a half-eaten cookie down here (laughs) you know what though i will i will say that sometimes those cargo pockets did come in handy i cannot think of one 
<laughs> single solitary situation where they okay. did. Okay, so here here's my situation: going to going to like a Seahawks game or or a football game. Ah, uh, yes, yes, and you have more pockets than you need to to carry in the things that you need to carry in for. Uh, you know, are you talking about alcohol? I, who would who would carry in illicit alcohol into a football game, Craig? Not one, not a coog, not a, no, not any, not, not any me. coogs. Not you. No, our listeners certainly. No coog has ever done that. No, no, I certainly never went into uh, went into a game with with a girl who had you know taken a Ziploc bag full of alcohol and put it in a tampon box and called it good. Yes. Nope, that had never happened before. Yes, girls, the MVPs of alcohol bringing in the student section. Dude, girls are the MVPs of everything. Let's just be honest. Let's be honest. We're a very progressive podcast, everyone knows. We are. Um, but uh, so where where do you land on cargo shorts now as a, a near 40 adult? Oh, God, no. 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 No cargo shorts left. They're all gone. Yeah, same. No. I don't those Where where does one even find cargo shorts at this point? Well, Leech says that people just give them to him now. Like cuz <laughs> cuz like how many people are still wearing them? Like probably the cargo short makers are like we got to get that guy. Yeah. That guy's on TV like all, all the, time. the time. He's always wearing car- it, it, it's it's That's fantastic. Like he's always wearing the cargo shorts. We he, like we got to get that guy. And and it. so every single I don't know if Union Bay still makes cargo shorts or whoever else was making them. I don't know. Uh, But I haven't bought a pair of cargo shorts probably in uh, 16 years. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say that I have owned cargo shorts more recently than that, but it's it's definitely been years. I don't know how many years, but it's definitely been years since uh, since that's been. I did get into a phase in my, uh, like, just, like, 22, 23, 24, where I just always would wear big basketball shorts all the time, like, in, in like, a T-shirt. That was my outfit and a backwards hat. That was the outfit that I wore all the time. Every day, like I had a pair of Jordan shorts that went down like well past my knees. And then I wore a, a like a, a t-shirt, usually a WSU t-shirt that I probably got for free at some point and a backwards hat. And, and that was my outfit. And, and I had a really stupid little Billy Goat goatee. And I always look at myself in those days. And I'm like, I look like an idiot, like just a total <laughs> freaking idiot. Comfort has to be paramount for a man of your size, though. Oh, it is. Um, and then I got into wearing slim clothes, and so that went all went out out the window. And uh, so, yeah, um, now I wear a lot of like uh, you can. There's an increasing number of shirts that come in like kind of dry fit style, uh, like material, and then sweatshirts. So I'm all about like polyester shirts and polyester sweatshirts and like <laughs> and polyester shorts and like, but they. Like I got these like uh, board shorts that look like regular shorts. I'm like, yes, give me all the polyester you can possibly find. Yeah, because you know what those don't do. You know what those garments don't do? They don't shrink. Exactly, and that is a, that is the most important thing for they a. They don't six- change. Yeah, they don't change, and and I that's you know I can, they cost a little more, but I like them for a little longer. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And when you're sweating. 
in the summer, you feel a little better wearing them. Yeah. Than wearing a cotton t-shirt. Now, speaking of board shorts, I don't ah. know that Mike Leach was wearing board shorts when he was. So the team took a trip to the swimming pool, and uh, Coach oh, Leach was encouraged uh, to to do something for the team. And uh, well, if you've seen the other clips, like I, I follow them, the Instagram stories, everyone was doing belly. Like you, you saw, you know, Liam Ryan and and uh, Lamont McDougal well, out there. Of course, I mean, when you are that size, a belly flop is like. If if you're not belly flopping, if if you're not if you're an interior lineman and you're not belly flopping, then what are you doing with your life? Yeah, like, I mean, I what are you even doing at the pool? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Mike Leach got uh, got convinced to go do a belly flop, and and you know it was, it was okay. It was okay. He kind of he he definitely he definitely chickened out just he a chickened out a little bit, bit at, at the, the end. Because when I first saw it, I'm like, was he belly flopping? I don't know. Because honestly, it kind of makes it worse sometimes when you pull back at the end, because then your face ends up hitting, or like like your your like arm hits at this awkward angle. Like I don't know. Like you, you just gotta f- go full out. You, you can't check it out. I am not. I'm. I'm not here to like condemn Mike Leach for chickening out a little bit because I would 100% chicken out. Oh sure. Like I'm. I am not a. Uh, yeah. Like I, I'm not. I'm not real good with pain. That's not something I'm real good with. So. So yeah, I, I thought it was good. Like like what what would you rate the belly flop? Like uh, like, like how many out of ten? Well, uh, one thing that I, I, I so I, I, I think like Leech's weight fluctuates quite a bit, um, and his belly was quite a bit bigger than I, than I thought it would be. So I give him plus points for that. Like it's a very impressive beer belly he's got there. Um, so he had the goods. He had the goods to go in. Uh, I, I gotta give him like an eight. The splash was good. But not Splash that good. good. Yeah, yeah. He kind of pulled in a little bit at the end. He didn't. He didn't full on like keep that you know, kind of spread eagle like moat. Like he didn't keep that spread eagle uh, position all the way down. Um, this should be an Olympics, by the way. Like it should. Know, come on. We, I know we get the diving where you're supposed to make like no splash and like you just like are like a missile going in. No, right. no, no. Let's 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 have just the low diving board belly flop competition, um, and only dudes who have beer bellies. No, no one, no skinny dudes. Yeah, but I yeah, I'll they- give him. I'll give him an eight. Uh, and I, I give him, you know, maybe even eight and a half, a little extra credit for doing this. Mike Leach is worth many millions of dollars. Mike Leach doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. Uh, but he went up there and, and he, uh, dropped a, a belly flop, um, for team unity. Yeah. And that was, you know, I, I, as someone who, uh, you know, has led, uh, high school students in, you know, different endeavors, you know, as, as like a, you know, journalism advisor or whatever, um, and done sort of these team bonding type activities. Uh, nothing brings the, the team together quite like convincing the, uh, the person in charge, the, the adult to do something stupid. And so, uh, you know, you really have no choice but to sort of play along. And, uh, and the more you play along, the better it is for everybody. And, and, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, I, I think that, 
you know, it's become pretty clear over, over the years that Mike Leach's players really, um, I don't know that they always understand him, but they definitely respect him, yep. uh, as a coach and, and as a person. And, and, uh, you know, they, they, they ha- definitely have an affinity for him. And, um, you know, kind of, you know, something I find kind of interesting is, kind of the longer he's around, um, the more we kind of get like little glimpses into that with him. Right. Um, you know, he was so aloof, you know, for the first, you know, however many years, um, you know, I don't know how long he's going to stay here, but, but I do know that, um, after the first few years, you know, it was just sort of like, man, you know, who is this guy? And he's so just standoffish and, you know, whatever, um, and maybe I'm, you know, just completely misreading the situation, but it really seems like, um, you know, when things sort of went sideways, you know, with, uh, with all the assistants leaving and, and, and Tyler dying and, um, you know, just seemed like, you know, and he, and he was talking with Tennessee, right. I mean, like, like it seemed like th- this whole thing had a tendency to, or, or had a, had the ability to implode upon itself. Um, you know, it seems like last year just really energized everybody and and really kind of, uh, you know, put the program and put him in a position where it was like, yeah, you know, this is good and comfortable. And he kind of seems to have maybe loosened up just a tiny bit uh, because of it. And so, like I said, you know, the longer he's around, the more I think we get um, just these glimpses into what it is that makes people who are close to him uh, feel like, you know, that, that he's a good dude and, and, and an excellent leader. And, um, I think it's just little stuff like this, that, that really goes a long way, you know, as, and, and like I said, as someone who's kind of been in that position, uh, for me, it's with, you know, high school kids, but you know, for him, it's, it's about the same, you know, right. Age difference. Right. Um, you know, that stuff goes a long way and, uh, and, and, you know, you're the, the people you're trying to lead really, they appreciate that kind of stuff when you you kind of get in the mud with them and, and goof around a little bit. Right. Yeah, and I actually have a a, a funny story about this. Uh, as you know, Jeff, and the readers might not know, um, at one point when I lived in Tennessee, I worked at a group home. And uh, and so one, w- during the summer, we'd take the kids on outings, you know, like we'd, we'd take them to the water park or take them to more boring places. Uh, one of the One of the trips was to a ropes course. And, um, I am deathly afraid of heights. They terrify me. Um, me pers- too. Yeah. So I, I can handle a roller coaster, but I, I hate the part when you're like crawling up because you're just like slow and like you, you have time to think about it. And, and like I, I remember a time when, uh, like when my seventh grade field trip, we went to this like camp and, and I had to like climb up a tree. And I just like, I remember the higher I got, like the, the far, they had pegs in the tree. You're supposed to climb up to get to the zip line. And I, the pe- every peg just felt like in, like farther and farther away. And so I ended up getting back down. It was quite embarrassing for a, a 12, 13 year old with all these girls around or whatever. But, um, so we, we take these kids as a ropes course and I'm like, I am not doing this. No, there's no way I'm doing, not doing this. And then one of the kids goes and they called me Mr. Craig. Um, he's like, Mr. Craig, like, I'm like, I'll, I'll like, if you do it, I'll do it. And, and like, he was just like, he's like, I really want to do it, but I, I just like, will you like, he, basically they were going up in twos and he was like the le- one out or left one out or something. And so, uh, so I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I go up there. You had to first, you have to climb up this rope ladder, which was not fun. And then you get up to this point and you have to walk across this very long beam 
and you're, you know, whatever, 20 feet off the ground or whatever. And I'm just like holding onto the tree and being like, nope, I'm not doing, I'm not fucking doing it. Like I'm in front of all these, like <laughs> all, in front of all my like 16 year olds. And they're just like, uh-huh. they're loving it because I'm just, they see like, they probably for the first, like one of the rare times get to see me in a raw, like unfiltered way uh-huh. like mr craig cusses a lot like what the <laughs> hell like holy crap. And, and they're you know they're telling me like it's fine you're tied to a rope and i'm like i fucking know that i know i'm tied to a rope that doesn't matter in my brain like that just doesn't matter and then they're like well you have to climb back down that ladder if you go the other way and i'm like no no finally I walk across the beam and that was the hardest part. And then you have to walk across this like rope to get up to the zip line. And I remember thinking like, I got to jump on the zip line as soon as I get up there or I'm not going to do it. And so as soon as I got up there, I was like, as soon as I can go, just let me go. Just let me go. I'm like waiting for the kid in front of me to like get, like get down. I'm like, just, I have to go, I have to go. But yeah, I, I swear to God, the kids like just loved it and they were like even though i kind of embarrassed myself but like they saw that like they probably saw that i was you know like i had something that i had to deal with and i dealt with it and and and, you know it's like yeah you just kind of sometimes uh when you're in a position where you're supposed to be this leader and and an example sometimes sometimes it kind of works to kind of show a little uh, chink in the armor as long as you kind of over you know you you accomplish the task and whatever you can't look like a total like like you can't just totally fail like yeah. that, that 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 doesn't work but but like but uh but yeah but um yeah so that's my story along with that and it can, exactly that when i see leech do things like this it makes me think of stuff like that when you're when yeah. you have a group of younger people that you're leading um that you have nothing in common with and that like you, you just and but you just want to connect with them in some way and and you know what everyone likes everyone likes swimming at the pool and and who doesn't know how to do a belly flop so Leach yeah. went on, went on there and did it. And WSU did a good job uh, sharing that and making a little video out of it, actually, too. So, cheers yeah. to them. Yeah, they've done it. By the way, the the new guy that they hired, I think, has done a pretty good job at that kind of stuff. I like the new videos they're making. Uh, well, yeah, I made it. Yeah, good job of sharing e- stuff. ESPN shared it and everything. So, yeah, and oh, it was on. Uh, you know who didn't share it? Dan Co- Levitard or something. You know who didn't share it? Coog Center. What the hell? <laughs> the hell Slacking. are those guys doing miss some of those clicks losers but yeah Who's in charge of those guys anyway but yeah jeff um we'll get in uh maybe before we get into a couple other things take another break yeah commercial break and we're back we're back, and we still have kook. We still have kook stuff to talk about. We do. We got a couple more kook things. But by, by the way, I switched to a sidecar beer, and I just wanted to call it the sidecar beer because it's particularly exciting. Um, Georgetown has uh, started canning a new beer. Well, it wasn't a new beer, but they've canned a a, 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 fi- a, a well loved beer of theirs for the first time, Johnny Utah. Yeah. Um, it's which a, I don't think I've actually ever had. Oh yeah. Well, now you can just pick it up in a six pack. Um, yeah, I can. Excellent. So it's kind of like the Bodie light. So, um, if you haven't figured that out, both references to Point Break, uh, Bodie and Johnny Utah. Uh, Bodie being Patrick Swayze's character and Johnny Utah being uh, Candy Reeves' character, bra. And so, um, 
So Bodhi is kind of like the, I mean, Johnny Utah is kind of, it's a lighter pale ale. Um, it's got kind of the light malt presence, kind of like Bodhi does and, and, and the hop character, but definitely not as, not as bitter, not as, uh, not as kind of air, like upfront in your nose aromatic, but it, an excellent kind of drinking beer. It's at 5.6%, great session beer. It's got a great can, blue, orange, like, I mean, Boise fans would love this shit. <laughs> um, but, uh, like if I was a Boise fan, I'd be just drinking Johnny Utah all the time. But it's all you would drink. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so no, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I picked up a six pack today um, after I dropped off my ballot, and then uh, um, had a boy, and, and uh, came on came on back, and because uh, you know we got to have some. Uh, I, I I have all the uh, I have the endless amounts of beer, but you got to have the beer that you can just uh, you can just drink um amanda needs that like she, she's like what can i drink i'm like nothing and so i gotta get the beer that i can point to her and let her drink there but anyways go. um two so odds and ends here with the coogs uh this is our new segment coogs odds and ends no it's not um but um <laughs> so uh ahmed ali is officially left the program so he had entered the transfer portal. Uh, didn't seem to work out very well for him. Uh, came back to the roster and now is gone. Um, reported by Theo Lawson. Um, so, yeah, Jeff, uh, we've talked about Ahmed Ali quite a bit, uh, where he fits with Kyle Smith and where he doesn't fit with Kyle Smith. So, yeah. So, <laughs> hey. How are you feeling about that departure? Well, I think, I mean, I think the latter is, is the more relevant, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was never a good fit to begin with. And, you know, evidenced by, you know, the, the guys that he went out and recruited, um, you know, basically it's never a great situation when you're coming back for your senior year and the coach went out and recruited like three guys who play your position, Right. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, and I'm at all these not, you know, I mean, I mean, when we're talking about like the problems that the team had last year, I mean, I don't think he was at the top of the list, but I, you know, our, our biggest thing that we, we've sort of talked about is that, um, you know, if you're going to play for Kyle Smith, you got to defend. Um, Ahmed Ali was probably the worst defender on the team last year. Yep. Um, not just in terms of, I think of, Ahmed Ali was highly indicative of what Ernie Kemp valued in a player. Right. You know, if you can score a little, he'll, he, you know, who cares if you can play any defense? Um, you know, he just was uh, a little bit lost in, in sort of any team defense concept. Um, you know, it was funny. Undersized to begin with. Yeah, he's undersized to begin with. You know, he's like 5'11". <laughs> and, you know, you, you sort of like, you would expect that a guy like that, you know, if you're 5'11", you're going to be quick enough to maybe – you know, at the very least, you know, play man to man, stay in front of somebody, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, he couldn't really do that. And they'd get in man to man, which, you know, man to man is, is, you know, more complicated than zone, right? Cause you got to be able to, you know, rotate and help people and things like that. Um, and more often than not, he just sort of looked kind of lost, you know, and well, then you put him in a zone and, you know, you've got a five eleven guy on the perimeter playing zone, right? So <laughs> <laughs> that's not really useful either. Um, so, you know, I think he always yeah. faced an uphill battle, you know, finding minutes with Kyle Smith, uh, you know, but I also think to some degree that he didn't find a suitable landing place. You know, I, I think he would have left if he had found that, well, you know, maybe he got a phone call, 
you know, I mean, it is the beginning of August. So maybe he got a phone call from somebody who suddenly had an opening and is, was willing to take him on as a transfer. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess he must be a grad transfer maybe for him in order to do this. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know kind of how this works. So anyway, I, you know, no big loss. Uh, I, I don't think he figured in much. Um, you know, I, I do know that Kyle Smith was still recruiting people, uh, as of fairly recently. So I, you know, who well, knows yeah, if- I, I saw some, I saw some comment on some Coug Facebook group, or maybe it was even our Facebook where they're like, well, you stole a scholarship from Kyle Smith. It's like, come on. The coach knows. Yeah. The coach isn't, the coach is, has options like he like he'd already tried to leave and it didn't work out and and it right. wasn't it wasn't like with Jeff Pollard where he obviously was actively recruiting him to come back like right. it it was you know he i really yeah i really don't think smith like i'm sure that smith kind of laid it out for him like this is yeah. what you got to do and i know. don't think it's his style to run people off no. um, and and that may sound sort of uh you know, like, like idealistic, you know, that, oh, you know, we have a coach who I don't think would run people off. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that Kyle Smith wouldn't do that, but he doesn't seem like the type who's going to, you know, run off half his roster because, um, you know, he didn't really do that. And so, you know, and I know there was a ton of turnover. So, you know, people might say he did, but I think for the most part, those guys all left for, you know, various reasons. And, and he said sort of over and over again, Hey, you know, anybody who's here, you know, you're welcome to stay and we'll, we'll coach them up and we'll, you know, we'll get better. And, um, and that's pretty easy. I I will say that's easier for him to say when you've got a lot of seniors, right? Like, so they had a lot of upperclassmen, they had a lot of seniors, a lot of Juco guys who were going to be seniors. So, you know, it's easier to say for that first cycle hey stick around it's fine you know you can bide your time for a year so whether it was entirely altruistic or not i don't know but i do i do think he wasn't really you know actively running dudes off and you know ahmed ali could have been you know kind of an interesting weapon off the bench for 10 or 15 minutes right. come in and hit a three or two you know he could have been interesting but um you know i i hope he lands at a place that makes him happy and allows him to uh you know chuck threes and and do what he does because you know it, he was never a pack 12 player as as hard as that is to say um at, at at that kind of size you better be very fast and very quick um and probably strong also and he was kind of none of those things so um you know, at a, at a mid-major level or a low-major level, um, a lot of what he does might have more success. And so, you know, I hope he finds a place where he lands and he can he can get the kind of minutes that he wants. Yeah, absolutely. But, Jeff, I have another question for you. It has nothing to do with that medley or Cougar basketball. Okay. I want to know if you've ever, on purpose, watched a Jacksonville Jaguars preseason game. <laughs> the answer is no. No, I have not. But you know what? I am setting my DVR. Yeah, for, I will probably do that. For 4.30 p.m. NFL Network on Thursday. Eight, on eight, Thursday. 8, 8. Uh, so uh, Gardner Minshew uh, seems to be in the number two. Well, in the Jaguars' official depth chart is listed as a number two quarterback, which is a big deal for him because number two means you make the roster. Um, so he is starting out from a good place. 
um, in the preseason. And that also means he will probably, given it's the first preseason game, will be getting a ton of reps. Yeah. So if you want to see Gardner Mitchell play some football, Thursday, uh, 4.30 p.m. NFL Network, that'll be your, that'll be your place. Yeah, it's that's like how exciting for him, right? Because they're they're clearly taking it slow to some degree with uh, with Nick Foles, right? right? They don't they don't want him to get hurt. They know they're they're pretty screwed at that point. So it seems like uh, Gardner Minshew is going to get a nice long, long, long look, and you know that's that's pretty great for him. You know he seems to have impressed. He's done all the right things at practice. Um, you know, he's, he's done all the things that we're used to, right. You know, which is convincing the, uh, you know, the team that, that he's a leader and and commanding the huddle and kind of all the stuff that we, um, you know, that we, that sort of captured us and captured the team, you know, a year ago. So, uh, pretty exciting for him to get, get that nice long look. He seems to have separated himself from, uh, the other two guys they've got there, or at the very least, convince the coaching staff that he should have, uh, you know, first crack at at, at looking good. So, right. yeah, you know, good for him. That's awesome. Hey, you know, and not um, not saying that uh, he is uh, Russell Wilson, but uh, you know, Russell Wilson kind of started out in the same position. And then got, and then just crushed it in the preseason as the second guy. And then just, uh, you know, became the starter by week one. So not, not that I'm saying that that's happened. They just signed, uh, uh, they signed Nick Foles to quite a big contract. So yeah, <laughs> even bigger than what Matt Flynn, had quite a lot, to. quite a lot bigger than what Matt Flynn had signed. So, um, but yeah, so he had a much bigger hill to climb, especially as a sixth round, sixth round. Seventh round, sixth round draft pick, versus, sixth, round. sixth round draft pick versus yep. a third round draft pick. Definitely a big difference there. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's great to see that, you know, if he can stick at that number two spot, that means he makes the roster that means he's not on the practice squad or whatever. So um, hopefully, you know, I, I'm excited to, you know, uh, watch, watch it, watch him run some NFL offense. And uh, um, yeah, so it sh- should be fun. Yeah. Exciting for him. Yeah. Go Cougs, go Mustache. That's right. Cool, man. So, uh, well, you got any good kid stories? Uh, it's, I don't know, man. It's been pretty, pretty chill. I, I had quite an epic one last week. I, uh, I haven't had much else to talk about this week. Actually, um, you know, it took, took the kids back to, took her back to Yakima and, you know, she loves seeing the grandparents and stuff, but there wasn't a, like, I didn't have, like, she was kind of out of my hands most of the time. So, uh, yeah, that's I, how it is of, when grandparents are around. Yeah, a lot of people share share her with. So, I actually had a lot of time away from her. So that was a uh, that was interesting. But what about you? Well, yesterday it was what ninety two degrees around here. So I took uh, we loaded the out the out, out in out in the valley. That's right. Over here is only like eighty seven. Yeah, so out here in Graham, uh, it was like 90 degrees, so we decided to uh, load the kids up and take them for a day trip to the ocean. So we uh, we threw everything in the car and drove out to uh, Pacific Beach out there on the coast and uh, got there, and it was a balmy 62 degrees with about... 15 mile per hour winds and it was overcast. And so I'm out there, I had shorts on, but I'm wearing a sweatshirt and I'm like bundled up and the kids, of course, being kids, uh, take their shirts off 
and start running into the ocean. And I'm just like, oh, to be a child, right? It's so freaking cold out here. The kids are like, whatever, man, it's awesome. They're running into the water and playing, you know, building sandcastles and whatever. So, so I, I don't know if you remember the old commercial from like the 90s or whatever, when it would be, it was uh, two guys like just sitting on a beach, like totally bundled up. And there's like a beach ball and they're trying to play it, but it's just like rolling by. And then, and, and, and it says like, it's a Henry Weinhardt's commercial and it says nothing like a Northwest beach for keeping the Henry's cold. <laughs> it's so true. Especially Washington beaches. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Like, like it was so funny, you know, we drove and it was so hot here and we, we didn't leave until. I don't know, noon or something. I mean, it was late and we were just like, you know what, let's get out of here. Let's drive to the coast and, and it'll be, you know, whatever It's two hours, two and a half hour drive. And, uh, yeah, you know, we get there as we're getting closer. Like, um, it's funny, you know, we had the AC cranked up as we're like driving for the first hour. And then, you know, it's like all of a sudden it drops down to like 80 and then it drops down to like 70 and we're like, Oh, so I'm like turning the air conditioning down, you know? And, uh, and then we start getting close to like really close, like within a couple of miles of the coast and, uh, the, it was air conditioning off and, and, and then, uh, yeah, it was windy and overcast and whatever. But I, I love going out there, you know, taking my launch. I don't care if I'm cold, man. Just listening to the waves. It's very peaceful and, and I enjoy it. So kids, kids loved it. They built some sandcastles and, and, uh, yeah, everybody was happy. Cool, man. Uh, not, not much kid talk this week. No, that's all right. And I, and I'm definitely not up on the latest, uh, the latest music trends, because uh, I've just been thinking about 90s country. That's right. So, I don't know, man. Um, it, 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 what, it, what all I have to say is, um, if you like this, please subscribe. Yeah. Kind of getting to the end here. Subscribe to us. Give us a five-star review. Yeah, do both of those things. Helps people find us. You know, and, and, if, and if all that fails, just... Tell someone else about the podcast. You, you know can other, do that. You know other kooks. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they probably want to listen to it, too. They probably do. I mean, they, they'll probably hate it, but you hate them anyway. Like It's probably your, like your neighbor that you don't like, and it's you true. just tolerate him because he went to WSU. Yeah. And he, and he has a big TV, so you go over and watch the games, but that's fine. Yeah. Like, tell 100%. him about the podcast. Let him yeah. suffer through it. Yeah. Especially the awesome advertisements. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll get another one after after it ends. And who the yeah. heck who the heck sticks around for the post podcast <laughs> advertisement? By the way, we could have we could have a whole conversation about that. We probably could. Um, have <laughs> you? Do you ever do that, Jeff? <laughs> oh, every time. I absolutely love listening to advertisements from our advertisers. Why do you ask? Me, me too. I just wanted to make sure we were on the wanted same. Wanted to make page. sure it was just it was both of us that were doing. That. I certainly would never hit the skip. No, well, skip to the next podcast oh. button or skip. 30 Goodness, seconds no. button no who does that i mean Terrible i i skip that's ahead cool. to the ads because they're right. so exciting that's right <laughs> all right i think we're done yeah pretty good you know hey we're we're we're, we're podcast best practices cut the time down here that's right all go right kooks, man craig go kooks <laughs>